Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Joe Rural Radio, your greatest, or excuse me, your favorite and only nerd and pop culture podcast on all the internet and all platforms known to man. As always, I am your humble host and devilishly handsome host, Gage Pons, and as usual, joined by Neo Rosano. Say hello, my man. Hey, what's going on? Are we actually the only nerd and pop culture podcast on the planet and all platforms known to man? Yes, the only one. Okay. The only one that matters. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're new here, uh, as stated, that's what we do. We always like to pick a little fun, little goofy topic, little nerdy topic. You know, sometimes we get angry, sometimes we get sad, sometimes we get happy, and sometimes we get uh, horny. Uh, what? Uh huh. I'm Say just that again? What? Say what? No, no, never mind. I don't, I don't want to know. Yeah, I didn't say your head when we record. Um, I didn't say anything. Anyway, uh, I guess we should start off with our annual small talk, which obviously everyone knows about because they listen to this podcast and only this podcast every bleeding moment of existence, right? Annual, like Annu- once a year. Uh, uh, daily. Sorry, not annual. <laughs> weekly. We haven't had this. Yeah, weekly. Week weekly. Well, but bi-weekly. Uh, well, no, it's not okay. We do two episodes a week, or at least again now we are. So I mean, is it really technically weekly? Because bi-weekly, right? Doesn't Twice a week? Well, no, bi-weekly is every other week. Is it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Double weekly. Yeah, Dweekly. We do it weekly. Yeah, weekly. Double we'll weekly. T-shirts. It'll say anyway. weekly on it. Weekly on du- it. Yeah, official Joe Bro merch whenever we finally get that started. Anyway, small talk. Neo, what do you got for me today? Give me something juicy. Uh, I'm on leave, so that's pretty fantastic. I'm no longer <laughs> the government's problem for about 18 days. 18 days. But then you will be the government's problem again. Yeah, a big problem. And by problem, you mean slave. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I don't necessarily have, like, a specific uh, small talk thing. I mean, there's a couple of things I could bring up. Uh... I know we already went about it, like, in a couple episodes ago about, like, Callisto Protocol and stuff. You know, it's not doing so well. Um, me and Neo like to read up on game reviews just to see how, you know, society is viewing things as far as games go, whether we agree with them or not. Uh, Callisto Protocol has been the main one lately because, you know, I I can never shut up about horror. Um, and it's not doing too great. Uh, it, it's got, got getting some mixed reviews. Uh, it's not, not a good game, apparently. Uh, at least from what I've read. I have not played it, but I do intend on playing it. I'm just not going to pay 60 bucks to play it. I think the biggest uh, problem Callisto has is they're trying too much to be Dead Space. No, I don't... It's not that they're trying too much to be Dead Space, I don't even think. Because, like, this game is, like, is a cool concept. And it, and it looks cool. The environment's cool. Like, a, a lot of it's cool. It's just the problem is it's like a janky, unfinished game. You know, the story, like the content of the game isn't that great either. Like the story is not great. There's no emotional connection, which I mean, I can get into detail about that in a little bit. But they rushed it to get it out before the Dead Space remake, because I imagine the devs were like, oh, well, if Dead Space comes out first, then no one will play our game. And that's just not true. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I mean... Everyone, like, not everyone, but, like, about 50% of the reviews that I've read and, like, other things I've read is everyone compares that game to Dead Space. 
Well, yeah, it it was supposed to be like the new Dead Space because, you know, they, they like when they announced this game, it was still under the assumption that we weren't getting a fourth one or a reboot or anything. Uh, but now we uh, now we are. And we and found that out afterwards. He walks in like a big dick in a locker room. Hello? Huh? I wasn't silent. I, I said, uh, uh, yeah, so Costo was, like, working on the game, and then EA walks out like a big mm-hmm. dick in a locker room. Yeah, pretty much. Well, look, it, it's, they panicked, is, is my thing. It's just you shouldn't have panicked. Like, pe- like, horror games don't come out often enough where people are like, oh, well, don't mind this one. Worry about this one. Absolutely not. When horror games come out, people play all of them. Bad or good. Um, they should have just taken their time and, you know, released it after the remake, you know, if that was the original plot course, but whatever. Uh, as for the emotional connection thing, that was something that someone in a review said. They didn't really feel an emotional connection to the main character or any of the characters. They just, like, didn't matter to them, it seems. With Dead Space, right, this is just the comparison, right? Because I've seen the beginning clips i guess videos of of uh, callisto it doesn't really give you a reason to care about the main character but with dead space right isaac is looking for his wife right he's going to re- on a repair mission for the ishimura and he wants to find his wife then you find out everything that happened on the ishimura and it's like oh god my wife is on this ship somewhere and you find out he's gradually going insane and spoiler alert uh his wife has actually been dead the whole time uh, on the ship, at least, you know, she was alive when she left, but uh, you you feel Isaac's pain and you feel his worry, you know, it gives you, <coughs> excuse me, it gives you that incentive to care about him. Uh, Callisto didn't really mark that too well. They They just goofed it. Apparently the main character is like immune to the alien virus because he needs to be just for game logic, but they never touch up on it in any way, you know. Right. Uh. Anyway, so that's how Callisto's doing. Poor guys. You know, I, I actually genuinely feel bad for them. If my if my assumption about their reaction is correct and they weren't just like trying to money hog or do a like a cash grab, like I actually do just feel bad for them. Uh. But they they fucked up. They did the wrong thing there. Um. Anyway. Uh. How about we rehash the game awards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. No, no, go listen to that episode on your own. That was a good episode. I like that episode. I do like that episode as well. I don't like the end of the episode, but I like the episode. Yeah. Anyway, um, no more small talk? I don't get anything. Let's mm-hmm. jump into it. You're going to jump right in? All right. Uh, Well, you can say the name of your friend if you want, or if he's cool with it. I have no idea. But uh, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. So this episode is requested... By uh, my good old buddy, Alex Johnson. I thought you were about to say Alex Jones. I was about to be like, you're friends with Alex Jones? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah. He uh, came up to me uh, during work and was like, hey, uh, I got a cool episode that I think uh, Gage would like a lot. And I'm just like, lay it on me. He's like, yeah, uh, I want you to do this. And you can say what the episode's going to be about Gage. Before I get into that, Alex Johnson, his name is, right? Mm-hmm. I love you. 
just for thinking of me. Anyway, uh, today's uh, actually, topic. Before huh? we get started, actually, before we get started, mm-hmm. I got a funny story about Alex. Oh. So uh, back in AIT, right? Is he cool I, with you I, sharing this? <laughs> yeah, because he's he, okay. He said that I should have talked about this on the military stories one. Oh, okay. Um. So back in AIT, um. So how the rooms work, right? There's there's two rooms that are joined by a bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're called suites. Um, Johnson and his roommate were my suite mates. Is what they were called. And one time when Alex was taking a shower, um, we all got together and poured ice cold water on him when he was taking a shower, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and he was so nice. mad. Can, am I allowed to say that the term "sweet mates" just sounds really, uh, I don't know, gay? Uh, I mean, you can take that up with the military. It's gay. It sounds really gay. Anyway, uh, so the topic. Okay, let's do. We'll just get right into it. The topic is uh, the fifty states and their urban legends. Uh, so we'll. Uh, I'm still trying to decide how exactly I'm going to go about this. Well, I'm not still deciding. It's just basically uh, the idea that it was going to start with is uh, cryptids. You know, things like the Loch Ness Monster, Mothman, which we, we are going to do those. Those are the first things we're going to do is those uh, the physical urban legends. But then there's some really interesting ones that I think I might have heard about before, but I can't remember. We're going to go right into this. Let me scroll around. This is a really long website page. Uh, Would you mind sharing your link so I could uh, go? My link? <laughs> Absolutely not. This is mine. Okay. Uh no you're I'm ta- no you're going you're going balls deep blind into the deep end here. I'm the only one who has the knowledge. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, so the first one that I found that is like as far as uh, a creature goes is uh the California Char Man, right? Uh, so I'm I'm gonna read this and then we'll try to make some discussion out of it. Uh. The Charman's origin story is gruesome. Oh, that's actually a link. Maybe I'll click on that. A father and a son were both caught in a house fire and horribly burnt in 1948. After the fire, the son became so mentally unstable that he killed his father. When the police found the son, he was so unrecognizably burnt, they didn't realize he was alive. So he ran away before they were able to arrest him for the murder of his father. The story goes that ever since then, the Charman can be spotted wandering the woods surrounding Ojaia, O-J-A-I, Ojai, occasionally approaching tents of innocent campers or pretending to be a hitchhiker and then attempting to attack them. I think attempting to attack them is the wrong way to phrase it. I think it'd be more like attempting to kill them. This doesn't sound like a very, this doesn't sound like a domestic abuse type of ghosty thing you know i mean that guy would be like what 90 now right is that the right oh i mean i'm pretty sure he would be just outright dead by now pretty much but uh yeah i guess that's generally the i I think it's pretty much just like uh i don't know i guess you could say it's like a cryptid or an apparition you know if it can actually physically interact with things it'd be more of a poltergeist but uh anyway uh, that's an interesting... I never knew that uh, the Charman was a thing. Like, 
this is what this website it's, it's insider by the way i think insider is a fairly reliable uh thing to read stuff on you know but, uh, it's, just, it's just one more reason to get rid of california yeah pretty much um the hawaii night marchers um oh hang on this website made an error they didn't capitalize the m in marchers um so i don't know what this is really either night marchers according to hawaiian lore are not evil spirits but they do demand respect they are spirits of ancient hawaiian warriors who march around the island to protect sacred areas legend says that if you look directly at a night marcher you will be marked for death and if by some chance you find yourself in the middle of uh of a procession you are supposed to lie down in the middle of the road oh so it's like if they i guess if they're like marching onto you you just gotta lay down pretty much that's interesting so they're pretty much just celestial guardians is the way i'm thinking of it of, uh, so, uh, if you look at them, that means you disrespect them, apparently. Well, I mean, that doesn't make that kind of makes sense. I know that, like in uh, Roman history, uh, looking at a Roman soldier, uh, like for too long or something, like that was considered a crime. You weren't allowed to look at them, and if you touched them, you were pretty much sentenced to death. I know in uh, I think Japanese culture, like samurais were one of the highest like tiers of people like mm -hmm. kind of just under like the emperor and the nobles or whatever however they uh, had it and like if a samurai even just suspected that you disrespected them they could just put you on your knees in the middle of the street and cut your head off right then and there i think samurai were actually above nobles but i'm not really sure i don't know a whole lot about japanese like history or culture so i mean don't take my word for that um oh and here it's like you know it you know a night march is coming when you see the torches and hear the drums, they say. Well, I mean, that's good, at least. At least you know they're coming. Interesting. Um, I don't... I would have more to add about these things if I just knew more about their cultures. But... Yeah. Let's see. Oh, man, this is one that people are going to hate. I'm going to read that one in just a second. Or maybe next. There's one here, Idaho, the water babies of massacre rocks. Water babies. Well, I don't like water or babies. This should be fun. Uh, <laughs> the water babies can be found in massacre rocks state park. Okay, what I say, Idaho. Uh, do you want to read it? I'll, I'll read a couple. Well, I mean, why do you want to read it? We you, transition. It's it's how you, we always do. We always go back and forth. You just you just want to read about babies, you little freak. Sure. All right. Did you? Water babies uh, are a Native American legend that are found in a couple of different places in America. They're mostly famous the in Poc Pocatello at the Massacre Rocks State Park. The Show Show Shoshone Shoshone tribe was the first recorded in 1805, and they were roaming the Great Plains as of the early 1500s. Babies? So it's not clear. Uh, the Shoshone tribe. Oh, so, okay, okay. I thought the babies were roaming. I was like, hmm, some, in, some impressive babies. <laughs> so it's not clear when exactly this legend or originated, but the story goes that the Shoshone experienced an, an extreme famine. 
and mothers were forced to drown their babies in the river rather than watch their children starve. Ooh. Today, some people claim that if you sit quietly at the river by massacre rocks, you'll hear the sound of babies crying. Other stories say that these babies grew gills and fins and survived, and now they seek revenge on their mothers by luring unsuspecting victims to their deaths by the river. Oh, man, I do not know how to make a joke about that, other than the babies turned into deep ones. <laughs> that's that's literally all I got. That's That's dark. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I I got nothing. That's just that's just really dark. That's <laughs> I. <laughs> wow. I thought water babies was gonna mean something like a little bit more interesting, which was kind of foolish of me. Not interesting, but a little bit. I don't know. Not dark. I guess I don't know. Foolish. I mean, I I, I kind of figured that all of these were gonna be pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. Well, uh, there's a lot of people, I imagine, and a lot of people, like, imp there's a good amount of people in particular that listen to this podcast that have a phobia, one that I absolutely love to bring up because I'm a huge fan of it. You already know where I'm going with it. Clowns. And none other than Illinois' homie the clown. Illinois as in, Illinois as in belonging to Illinois, not pronouncing the S at the end of Illinois. Um, yeah, Illinois the clown. Um, and the caption for this, uh, photo of Homie the Clown, which is, uh, kind of actually disturbing, is, uh, clowns are undoubtedly creepy. True. Throughout the suburbs of Chicago in the 90s, there was a rumor going around elementary schools. There was a creepy man dressed as Homie the Clown. Yes, from In Living Color. I guess Homie the Clown was, like, a movie character or something. Uh, driving around in a white van trying to lure kids into it with uh, candy and money. Okay, that doesn't really surprise me. Like, <laughs> that just sounds like modern day, but with a guy dressed as a clown, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, in some variations, uh, he was a kidnapper. In other words, he, in others, he was a rapist. But in all variations, homie left a mark on young Chicago kids in the 90s. Wow. Okay, I need to find something a little bit more like obviously, mm -hmm. obviously fake. Okay, this is not what I thought it would be. Oh, grandma. Uh, yeah, I'm, it, I'm I'm afraid of this getting us canceled. <laughs> I don't think that'll get us canceled. Here, here, tell you what, read uh Iowa the Black Angel. Maybe that one will be. Um, I kind of I kind of want to read the Hundred Steps. That that's, that one looks interesting. But I'll read both. What state? Well, wait, hang on. What state is the hundred steps? Indiana. It's right above Iowa. Oh, did I just pass that? The hundred steps cemetery is located in the town of Brazil. Throughout the official address is actually disputed. While it's not clear when the stories about the cemetery being haunted began, there are gravestones that date back to the 1860s. The legend states that if someone finds themselves in the cemetery at midnight, they must climb the steps and count to 100. At this point, a ghost of an undertaker will appear and show the person a vision of their death. On the way back down, the visitor is supposed to count the steps again. If they count the same number of steps, the vision was false. People who visited the cemetery in the past have tried to outsmart the supernatural forces in 100 steps by avoiding the steps altogether. They reported being knocked or shoved to the ground by an unseen force. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Sounds like clumsy people to me. 
um that's really I, I i've always kind of i mean i'm not the biggest fan of paranormal horror but i do like the uh um i i guess you could call it urban legends of paranormal things i guess um i'm not very interested in seeing my own death though so i'll pass uh altogether i i just avoid indiana altogether anyway i mean there's nothing really interesting about that state as far as i know yeah that's brazil indiana by the way not like brazil brazil <laughs> well i mean you you said in the town of brazil so i don't think anyone was confused i mean um, you never knew well since you read that one i'll read the black angel uh iowa the black angel um this is a gravestone apparently uh something spooky about it the Black Angel stands over eight feet tall in Oakland Cemetery in Iowa City. Iowa City in Iowa. Epic. And she is black due to oxidation. Most likely because of her dark appearance, multiple legends have cropped up around her. Uh, one legend says that a pregnant woman should never walk under her or she'll lose the child. Others say that if you touch or kiss the statue, you'll be dead within six months. Uh, whether haunted, cursed, or completely harmless, the statue is definitely a somber sight to see. Well, yeah, it is very much a somber sight to see. My question is, how did they come up with this? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Well, so I, I'm usually the kind of person that's like, well, these legends, like, they exist for a reason, you know? Um, Whether it's like a coincidence or maybe uh, like, I mean, personally, some of it I do believe is a coincidence. Like what what makes them think that a pregnant woman walking under it will make them lose the child? Has it happened? Was there a woman that walked under it and then her baby died? Uh, A pregnant woman. I'm going to read the hyperlink that was attached to that. I'm not done yet, you little goofball. Or like touching or kissing it. Uh how do you did someone touch it and kiss it and then they died in six months did people just like understand that let's go test it out oh yeah sure let's joe bro documentary will go to iowa one of us might die in the making of this joe bro documentary but it'll be worth it okay so the golden towering figure was built as a beautiful yet mournful burial moment monument for the resting place of Feldervert for the Feldervert family and was erected in a quiet Iowa City cemetery in 1912. At eight and a half feet, the broad winged angelic statue stands out amongst rows of simple gravestones and enjoys very large recognition in the area, not for its finely crafted sorrowful visage, but for the insistence on appearing eerily black. Regarding of being a simple case of bronze oxidation, oxidization, the effect is pretty creepy, and one can't be blamed for letting their imagination off the leash a little. The angel was designed by an artist, Mario Corbel, and stands watch over Theresa and Nicholas Feldervert, as well as Theresa's son from her first marriage, Edward Dolezal. Over the years, the angel turned darker and darker, a greenish-black patia, patina, effect that made the statue creepier and creepier Soon you know you angel what you could just power wash it and make it bronze again just you know just saying but you might die within six months no if you're power washing it you're not touching it, it technically 
because Adam's never touched. Do you not, touch don't, don't even start that. Do, do not. No, you're not touching it. That's not what they mean. Soon the angel attracted the attention of ghost seekers and kids looking for a cheap thrill. Legends and lore started popping up everywhere. Touch or kiss a statue and you'll be struck dead. Due to the amount of shenanigans, that's a never actually, I've never actually seen that word spelled out. You've never seen the word? No, I've never seen the word shenanigans spelled out. Man, have you ever watched the movie Waiting? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, you're a goofball. Anyway, continue. We're not going to get on that. Due to the amount of shenanigans the statue attracts, the cemetery security keeps a pretty close eye on it. Mm, well, I mean, I would kind of hope so. Just in case this thing tries to pull some weeping angel crap on you. Right. Um, that's you not know, urban uh, legend. That's a Doctor Who thing, but whatever. To go back in, in Iowa City, Iowa, it makes me think of uh, the uh, the Randy skits. Like, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana. So good they named it one and a half times. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love Randy Fellface, dude. Anyway, there's a. I'm going to go ahead and skip down the way a bit. I'm looking for a specific one that I know is on here uh, and mentioned it earlier because I have a friend who would love for me to bring this up. Let me just, let me, you know, scroll around here a little bit. It's a cryptid of uh, some sort. Yes, here we are. West Virginia Mothman. Uh,. I don't know why my, uh, her, her name's Katie. I think she'll be all right with me saying her name. Katie, I don't know. I can't remember exactly why she loves Mothman so much, but, uh, well, I, actually I do. I know exactly why. And I'll explain later. Uh, in 1966 stories say that the West Virginia, that West Virginia was visited by an insectoid flying creature with bright red eyes who resembled both a moth and a man. He was spotted flying around the town of Point Pleasant, along with shining lights and the men in black. Uh, Mothman's origins have been claimed to be supernatural, claimed as supernatural, alien, or government experiment gone wrong. But Point Pleasant has embraced the monster, erecting a statue, creating a museum, and even dedicating a festival to him. In 2002, a film starring Richard... Uh, Gree, Gree, called the Mothman Prophecies was released. See, now I really don't like that because what you're saying is this sounds like a cult. It kind and, of does, yeah. And in Fallout seventy six, kind of where I believe she started liking Mothman, there is a Mothman cult. Uh, to the point where you built you you build a statue and maintain it based off of this picture, create a museum and a festival. Yeah, that sounds like cult-like behavior to me. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But uh, Katie, anyway, I'll go ahead and share the story. Katie and I, uh, she, we used to play Fallout 76, you know, go around the post-apocalypse, you know, doing things. There was a Mothman mission where you basically got to kill frogs and harvest bugs to light this lighthouse and then the mothman would come and like i don't know bless you or something like that and he's a cool mothman except he, this mothman wasn't black with red eyes he was gray with purple eyes he was a friendly mothman he was chill i have a picture standing next to it uh however in fallout 76 there is a 
Mothman that is just black with red eyes, and he's terrifying. You can fight him. It doesn't go very well for me usually, though. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the details of Mothman, though. Uh, personally, I would believe that if something like this existed, it would be more likely to be alien or government experiment. I have not decided which. Yeah. Um, what about you? I don't know. I think maybe people were high and saw something and then it's like, oh, look at that. It's now a cult. Yeah. It is West Virginia, after all. I think maybe having a couple of skeptics trying to do this kind of episode probably isn't the right move, but... Yeah, uh, whatever. I I mean, I would believe something like Mothman exists, but it's probably just more likely to be, like, I don't know, government experiment at the the most likely, but whatever. You're going to read Texas, and then next you should read Wisconsin, because that's where you're from. Sure. All right, so Texas, the candy lady... In the early 1900s, children in an unnamed rural town in Texas started going missing, and the residents blamed it on the candy lady. The story says that she would go around leaving candy on children's windows, and eventually she lured the kids out with notes attached promising more candy. The story picked up steam when a farmer allegedly found rotten teeth on his farm, and later found the body of a boy with his pocket stuffed with candy. While little is known about the origin of this story, some have speculated that the candy lady was real and that her name was Clara Crane. That's really interesting and actually stunningly creepy. Yeah, Um, I feel like that could honestly be one of the more true ones on here. Yeah, I would would believe that. Um, I mean, I would need to know about why they suspect that this lady in particular is the candy lady, but... Uh, do you want to look into that real quick, or? Um, I mean, there's more yeah, to unpack I, I, there. I, I clicked on the Clara, uh, Clean hyper, Clara Crane hyperlink, and it's just like pictures of a bunch of food. Oh, cool. Uh, I guess we won't then. Uh, so for Wisconsin, uh, my mom might know a bit about this, but I'm not sure. Uh, Wisconsin Boy Scout Lane. Um, this is going to go beautifully, I imagine. Uh, the story of what exactly happened at Boy Scout Lane varies, but they all end with the same conclusion. A group of Boy Scouts dead on the road. In some stories, there was a bus crash with no survivors, or they were murdered by their bus driver. Or they just mysteriously vanished into woods, into the woods one by one. Visitors have reported seeing a swinging body, seeing a swinging body in the trees, feeling as though they were being watched, and finding child-sized handprints. That's terrifying. Uh, let's hope no. Let's just take a quick moment of silence, hoping that Logan Paul never visits this place. I was, I was gonna say something about that. I said I a sure. moment of silence. Oh, okay, we're done. I was uh, going to say something about that, about Logan Paul, but I wasn't sure if he'd be cool with it. So I, <laughs> I don't care. So what? I mean, it's obvious. Look, everyone knows what he did, okay? Not Look, I'm allowed to make jokes, okay? Fuck off. I'm going to do New Jersey since that's where I was born. <laughs> yes, New hey, I'm for being born in New Jersey. It's not as bad as Ohio or Florida or California, so cut me some slack. 
Hey, what the hell? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. What's wrong with Florida? Florida, man. That, uh, again, what's wrong with Florida? Alligators. It's not a bad thing. You can make, make pets out of alligators. All right. The Jersey Devil. The story of the Jersey Devil has been around since the 1700s. The legend states that a woman named Mother Leeds became pregnant with her 13th child and Ooh. said, let this one be a slash the devil. Once the child was born, it grew hooves, wings, horns, and a tail. Okay. Now the monster has been spotted periodically throughout history in the Pine Barrens region of New Jersey. The state has embraced the legend so much that they named their hockey team after it. Okay, first off, it's hooves. Uh, secondly, I'm sorry. So one woman got pregnant uh, a bunch of times, you know, got got the good, you know, sex. And then on her 13th child, she's like, uh, yeah, this is Satan. And then they named a hockey team after it. Yeah. Mm, that's for New Jersey. Yeah. I see why you moved. <laughs> Uh, that's just, uh, remarkably dumb and creepy at the same time. Uh, interesting. So, I mean, that, why the 13th child, though? I don't know, Friday the 13th? I mean, uh, I mean, Tris Triskaidekaphobia is a real thing, so. The fear of 13? Um, is that, the, that what that is? The fear of the number 13, yeah. Yeah. Um, 13 has always, like... I don't know if you've ever been in, like, a, a big hotel or anything like that, but there's never a 13th floor. They always skip 13. Yeah, I've I've been in a big, uh... Well, they probably do that for the superstition. Yeah. Like, there, like there is massive superstition behind the number 13. And a lot of people have tried to tell me that that originated because of the Friday the 13th movies. I'm like, you know what? I really don't believe it is. I genuinely don't. Because you can have a 13 on a Saturday and people will still, like, behave weirdly, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I mean, Friday the 13th is when things do get weird, don't get me wrong. And I believe there's something about that, whether or not that's just, like, uh, a, a psychosomatic response to it or whatever. But uh, it, I don't think it started from Friday the 13th. I guarantee those reasons to be nervous of the number 13 long before that. I don't know why, though, yeah. but... Let's look it up. Um, why did the number 13... Watch, Google's going to say Friday the 13th, though. Uh... When you're done with that, I'm going to do Florida. This would explain a... Uh, okay, you go ahead and read that. There's actually a, a biblical uh, number, for, a reason for it. A biblical? Yes. Oh, explain. Curious. Description. The number... Uh, uh, real, real quick. We are in no way trying to push the Bible onto anyone. This is for information only. Yes. The, number, the numbers in the King James Holy Bible have significant meaning that follow the number throughout Scripture. The number 13 has always been unlucky. The number 13 is a number that represents Satan, evil, wickedness, devils, and everything vile that is connected to him. 
some believers some believe this unlucky because of the 13 of those 13 Judas Arista or Iscariot was the betrayer of Jesus from the ninth from the 1890s a number of English language sources relate unlucky 13 to the idea of the last supper Judas the disciple who betrayed Jesus was at the 13th um, seat at the table. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there you go. It's not just because of Friday the 13th. Pull your thumb out of your butts, fanatics. That would, would, because Jesus had 12 disciples, right? So there would be 13 Mm -hmm. seats, including him. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so Florida, the gravity-defying spook hill. This explains a lot about Florida just by the title. Um, so there's like a sign you can read in the picture of this, and I'll read that later, but first I'm going to read like the actual bit here. Uh, the phenomenon that happens at Spook Hill is real. Cars that are parked in neutral will appear to roll uphill. Legends say that, legends say the hill is either the site of a Native American burial ground or an epic battle of an or an epic battle of a Native American chief against a crocodile. Uh, but the truth is actually just an illusion created by the hill's surroundings. While cars appear to be rolling uphill, they are just rolling downhill. Um, yeah, so... Th- okay, now I'm going to read the sign. Ages ago, an Indian town on Lake Wales Lake was plagued with raids by a huge gator. The town's great warrior chief and the gator were killed in a final battle that was that created the huge swampy depression nearby. The chief was buried on its north side uh later north side later pioneer haulers. There's no punctuation in this sign, by the way. Uh pioneer haulers come from the old army trail atop the ridge above. Found their ho- horses laboring here at the foot of the ridge. And called it Spook Hill. Is it the gator seeking revenge or the chief protecting his land? Question mark. Stop car on white line. Place in neutral and let it roll back. So there's like a a hill that like defies gravity, right? Uh, and no one can decide if it's the the spirit of the alligator or the spirit of the chief. Either way, everyone's stupid. They don't understand physics. <laughs> Florida in a fucking nutshell. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm gonna read New York next, and just a just a shout out to the you know chief for just battling an alligator or a crocodile. Rather, it's an alligator, right? Not a crocodile. No, it's the crocodile one. What? Well, I mean, I know it says crocodile. Okay, okay, no, it all says crocodiles. Okay. Yeah, crocodiles. Continue. New York. All right. New York. Cropsy. The story of Cropsy has many alliteration or iterations, but it generally tells the story of a man who stalked a sleepaway camp, psychiatric facility, children's hospital. Mm. All, I guess he's just stalked all of those. He That's had a hook for a hand and killed children who were wandering alone at night. Every single person who went to camp in upside, in upstate New York heard about Cropsy. Things took a more sinister turn when a documentary post-posted? Huh? Where did that? Posited? 
You they might mean they might mean posted. I'm not reading with you. I'm no. Documentary posted that Cropsy was actually real. A convicted kid, child kidnapper, named Andre Rand. Hmm. Nice. Uh, I'm sorry. So is this about a ghost? Uh, it's about a man who stalked. Uh, sleepaway camps, psychiatric facilities, and children's hospitals mm. had a hook hand and killed children. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I, w- I would say that it's probably just like a ghost then, or a hallucination, but either way. because Okay, so sleeper camps, is that it? Yeah. What's a sleeper camp? Or a sleepaway camp. A sleepaway camp? I still don't know what that means. Either way, <clears throat> let's take the two out of the three. Children who have vivid imaginations and people who are clearly not right in the head. Those are the people that have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That I would rule that one as fake. We should have been judging these, being like, we'll we'll like have the uh, the Joe Bro seat of judgment and we'll decide if these are real or fake. Uh but we're too late into that, so we're not gonna go through and do it. Uh I wanted to read Georgia. Uh, Georgia, the ghost town of Lake Lanier. Uh, let's see. Lake Lanier is the largest man-made lake in Georgia. Let's just uh, clarify that. Uh, at the bottom of Lake Lanier lies almost fully intact towns, ferries, and a racetrack. Or, no, hang on. Fully intact towns, ferries, a racetrack, and multiple cemeteries. Uh, the Georgia government, in its determination to create Lake Lanier, bought up entire towns in order to clear the space for the lake after they received congressional approval in 1946. However, they just decided to let the water cover up the towns rather than demolishing them. Yeah, so they pretty much just bought up the land and then flooded it. Uh, which, if you have read The Color Out of Space, uh, that same thing happens. Uh, kind of. In a, in a slight way, you know, you, you watch the color out of space, you know, the just right. The town's underwater mm-hmm. at the end of all of it. Yeah. I would never drink that water ever. Um, now uh, <laughs> who's to say that there wasn't some little funky stuff going on in those towns and whatnot. Um, anyway, now Lake Lanier has a decidedly eerie feel about it. There have been unusual. There have been an unusual number of freak accidents and deaths on Lake La- on the lake. Uh, in 2011, there were 17 deaths alone. Many of the people who have drowned have been recovered. People have reported feeling arms and legs in the water, but have not been able to find them right after, uh, leading people to believe that spirits still roam the lake. I mean, so did they not? Did they not clear the town before flooding it? Well, apparently, like- apparently, people evacuated. I guess, uh, like they said, they were buying up entire towns to clear out space. What do you mean, clear out space exactly? Like, just so you can flood your own property, or do you mean clearing out people? Because mm-hmm. by you know law. If you were to do that kind of thing, you'd kind of have to give people a chance to evacuate. Uh, I, I don't know. I would fully believe that maybe they didn't, some people didn't get the memo or 
I don't know, maybe an email didn't go through or something. I don't know. Uh, because obviously people sent emails in 1946. That's how it works. Duh. But uh, that's that's creepy, and I would believe that, especially with 17 deaths on the same lake. I mean, I don't know how Georgia is, but I don't think Georgia is very well known for its party animals. So I don't think people are getting on boats, getting drunk and drowning, you know? But fascinating. I'm going to read Tennessee next because it kind of piqued my interest. Nashville, Tennessee. All right. The boy in the bathroom at Pine Haven School. Mm, That sounds dirty. The Pine Haven School, located in Jamestown, is is old and abandoned and said to be haunted. A tragic story supposedly took place there where a boy was cornered by a group of bullies in the bathroom and shoved into a mirror which shattered and killed him. Mm. To avoid getting caught committing murder, the bullies decided to bury the boy underneath the floorboards. Today, people say that if you go inside the school, you can see the reflection of the boy if you look in the mirror. Yeah, no thanks, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I remember being a little kid and I, this is this sounds so stupid saying it out loud. I remember being a little kid and doing the Bloody Mary thing. Oh God. Uh, terrified me as a small child. Why? I don't know. I genuinely don't. Well, as a little kid, I like I used to hate horror. You know that I used to hate everything scary. I didn't like being scared. Now nothing scares me. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm just a bottomless pit of like creepy things. Um. Within like moderation, some things st- do still freak me out. Like that that Lake Town thing. Like I would never approach that. Like the water freaks me out. Uh, uh, long limbs, huh? Long limbs. Yeah, but there isn't really a whole lot about that, you know. And any, every time I bring that up, people are like, "Oh, does Slenderman scare you?" No, 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 it doesn't. The reason why Slenderman doesn't scare me is because he's old and played out. Like it's it's just a like Slenderman was just a thing made by people and then they added things to it and added things to it. Like Slenderman is obviously just fake. I don't like the long limbs. It makes me a little queasy with him. But if you look at like uh like Until Dawn and you see like the Wendigos, like that makes me uncomfortable. That that like actually kind of freaks me out. Uh or head. <laughs> no. Or uh here's where it really set off and this is how i finally understood that this is like a specific phobia when i watched it like the remake of it you know chapter one and like georgie's like crawling away from the sewer drain after his arm was bit off you see pennywise's arm reach out of the sewer drain and it just gets longer and longer and longer that was like uh, uh, uh. i was like gagging i was terrified uh that's uh, when i do do hmm? enderman in minecraft scare you Oh yeah, dude, Endermen are the worst. Like I, I like every time I do that. Every time I see an Enderman in Minecraft, I just go into a panic attack and start screaming every single time. You can ask Neo. Yep. Yep. You're supposed to confirm that a lot sooner. Uh, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. Anyway, I got another one here. This one's uh fascinating, but also I don't like it. Uh, Kentucky, the Goat Man of Pope Lick. I. <laughs> Pope don't know Lick. what made you name that Pope Lick exactly, but it's like the underneath of a bridge. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's no clear consensus on how the goat man came to be. Some say he was a circus performer. Others say he was a farmer who tortured his goats for Satan. And in, ter- in return, he was transformed into a hideous goat monster. 
However, everyone does agree on his appearance. Dark fur, pale skin, goat legs, and horns. Uh, the monster is said to hide under the bridge at Pope Lick Creek in uh, Louisville to lure people onto the train tracks only to see them be hit by oncoming trains. Sadly, this urban legend has had some dangerous consequences. In 2016, an Ohio woman fell to her death from the bridge while looking for the goat man. Uh, yeah, okay. So, I guess the story behind it, if they were to say, like, uh... I don't know, I think a circus performer is probably the most likely one. Just some circus performer that was roaming around. The thing about Goats for Satan, that sounds pretty cliched. Yeah, uh, but the luring people onto the train tracks to like y- you hear trains from a long ways away you know like you know when a train's coming whether it's blowing its horn or not I'm like how do you just get on the train tracks and not realize a train is around you know a little right. weird uh, <clears throat> I don't know but the that is unfortunate. People that are just trying to look for them and then will just fall off. I mean, I don't really want to claim that stupidity, but I do, but I won't, but I should. Anyway, um, let's see. I I'm not really, be... I'm not really the biggest fan of uh, stories that are like, oh, Satan, like, oh, it's, it's just old. It's the easy way to go. Um, Washington, uh, Bigfoot. Do Bigfoot, bro. <laughs> Bigfoot is an internationally recognizable name and has been spotted all over the country. But Bigfoot has been spotted most in Washington State. Bigfoot is essentially a gigantic ape-like creature who is either a ferocious beast who attacks lodgers and hikers or a gentle giant who wants to be left alone. Either way, there's something creepy about an undiscovered species of animal wandering around the Pacific Northwest evading capture. Uh, for the audience out there, you should know that me and Neil are uh, long famous professional Bigfoot hunters. Yep. Uh, the game? Yeah, we're pretty good at it and whatnot, you know? Never lost. Never lost, not once. Not canon, at least. Uh, the Bigfoot thing, I, I actually have a bit to share about, um... Now, I have a family member who believes in Bigfoot. Now, they're not, like, a fanatic about it. They just believe that it's, like, oh, yeah, Bigfoot could, like, like they would, they believe Bigfoot does exist or, like, a race, you know, that but they, like, hide away or something like that. I don't know. Um, as far as Bigfoot, I, like, and I kind of would believe it as well, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I'm I'm not going to like say it he is real and like make up you know logic behind it but it like every single picture that has ever been taken of bigfoot is blurry and out of focus to the point where it's like yeah this could definitely be fake because i would believe it especially with the modern technology that we have i would 100 percent believe bigfoot's fake however if they say that bigfoot is this creature or creatures, if there's more than one, that has been hiding for so long, I would imagine this thing might somehow be intelligent enough to avoid, you know, capture of visual or physical, right? Um, 
I think Bigfoot is just a mystery that will never be solved and probably never should. Uh, I think we should just leave well enough alone, basically. Uh, who cares if Bigfoot's real, ultimately? Like, what are you going to do if Bigfoot's real? Like, unless it's, like, actually, like, killing people, which if there was a good number of deaths in recent times, then obviously something would have been done with about it by now, but it hasn't, so. Uh, a little um, known fact, actually. Uh, probably should say this on the podcast, or else I'll get uh, captured and killed, but uh, Bigfoot's actually an Air 51. Hmm? Bigfoot's actually an Air 51. We have him big, in the big, Bigfoot's in Area 51. Neil, I yeah. feel like the fact that you said that is what would get you killed. Yeah. Why'd Good you content. do it? Yeah, the government's just gonna, you know, put me in a black site and torture me for the rest of my life. But content. Fair. I like the dedication. The drive. It's good. Um, Let's see. Oh, here's one. This is interesting. Um, <clears throat> Massachusetts, the spirits of Husek Tunnel. Um, this is underground. This one has to be good. This has to be cool. Uh, in the 24-year-long construction of the Husak Tunnel in western Massachusetts. West, what? Oh, western Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, I was thinking it would be there like saying it was on the west coast. I'm like, mm, that's not on the west coast. Um, approximately 200 men died. Uh, death was so associated with the tunnel, it was actually nicknamed the Bloody Pit. After a particularly gruesome explosion in either 1867 or 1868, 13 miners were trapped inside the tunnel. The workers uh, assumed that the miners had died, but eventually it was discovered that the miners had lived, built a raft to combat flooding, and eventually died due to poisonous gas inhalation. It's said that these 13 miners haunted the tunnel for years, moaning and briefly appearing as ghosts. That Ooh. is extremely uncomfortable, especially being in a dark underground tunnel. Um, what kind of poisonous gas would have been in there, though? Like, other than just running out of oxygen? Um, Sulfur? So yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right, never mind. That answers my question. That's enough. Uh what else do they got here? There's one for Michigan. I'm just gonna read the title of it, but I'm gonna wait for you to pick one. Uh the little girl on knock knock road. I'm gonna read Mississippi because it has a cool tree. All right, have a tree? That's what intrigued you? Oh, here it is. That's a creepy ass tree. I think it's a cool tree. That's like uh ooh, what does that remind me of? Uh I can't remember. It'll come to me. Go ahead and read it. Deer Island's haunted treasure. The ghost of Deer Island originates from an old pirate story. The story says back in the nineteen twenties, two men were fishing on Deer Island when they heard rustling in the bushes. A noise they assumed caused by wild hogs. Eventually they decided to check it out and encountered a headless skeleton then ran back to their boat, and the skeleton followed them all the way there. According to the pirate story, there was a ship that sailed into uh, Biloxi Bay and buried their treasure on Deer Island. The crew decided to behead one of their own and left his body behind to guard the treasure. Neat. Uh, that's, I mean, that's creepy. 
Want to go find the treasure? Sure. I think we could find a skeleton. We played enough Sea of Thieves. Yeah, dude. Um, all right. So, you know what? I'm going to put a pause on the little girl of Knock Knock Road. I actually have a, a different one, mostly because I don't want to read about another kid. Uh, Missouri Momo, the Missouri monster. Um, this looks like another Bigfoot thing, to be honest with you. Oh, here we are. Momo is Missouri's version of Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Uh, he's been said to have terribly bought terrible body odor, uh, a pumpkin shaped head and an appetite for dogs. I mean, what kind of dogs? You talking like hot dogs, like Oscar Myers, you know? Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. Even, even though those aren't dogs. Well, then it doesn't eat chihuahuas. Yeah, um, probably like border collars or something. Man, I don't know. What's another? What's a dog that isn't a rat that we don't like? Uh, I don't. I'm a fan of all dogs, really, that except for fucking chihuahuas. Yeah, pretty much. There's a couple good chihuahuas in this world. Um, in 1968, uh, Momo reportedly tried to abduct a four-year-old boy, though no evidence was ever found. Uh, meaning someone probably made it up. I thought you were trying to get um, away from the kid ones. I was. I I didn't know I was going to bring in a four-year-old boy into this. Look, the four-year-old boy's fine. It, it, it tried to abduct. It didn't succeed. Uh, so the kid was fine. Maybe, well, okay, here's the thing. How long ago was that? This is in 1968. That kid's got to be an old man. He's got to remember something. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Uh, Nevada. The truth about Area 51. Whoa, nice. I'm excited. There is perhaps no urban legend, myth, or conspiracy more famous than Nevada's Area 51, a mysterious government facility that is rumored to be associated with aliens. The U.S. government officially states that Area 51 is classified due to national security, which only fuels the fire. The secrecy surrounding Area 51 is what makes it inherently creepy and the government admitting to program investigation investigating UAFOs, the theory about what's actually going on inside continues to seem more plausible. I just want to say, I 100% believe there's aliens in Area 51, or, like, other weird shit that, like, they wouldn't want us to know about, like, uh, uh I don't know, like, in, inter like, cosmic stuff, you know? Uh, like the SCP SCP crap, you know, like the things you see about like in the SCP files and whatnot. It it would not surprise me if Area Fifty One had those things in there. Uh, because I know I remember a video once. There was a dude riding a bike, and he wasn't really anywhere near Area Fifty One necessarily, not within like the standard perimeters. And when he was like riding his bike or driving. Two military men stopped him on the road, and they were very, very sternly threatening him to leave. Uh, I'm like, I, oh, I really do slash don't want to know what is in Area 51. I feel like it's a lot. I, I feel like a lot of what Area 51 is is like where a lot of our like nuclear weapon silos are and stuff like that. See, that is the most yeah. logical thing. But you also got to realize why would a like why would a nuclear storage be like yeah we're investigating UFOs other than uh, a cover I guess maybe yeah cover but 
I mean, the government doesn't lie. I mean, why, why, why would they lie to me about UFOs? Hmm? That wasn't rhetorical. I, I was reading it again. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> um. Anyway, no. I uh, look. I mean, nothing's really going to change my mind about that. I believe aliens are real, and I believe, like, because the the new Roswell thing is that it. New New Roswell, New Me- New Mexico, Roswell, New Mexico, with that that one alien. Like that's the most famous one. Mm-hmm. Uh. Now I don't believe in a lot of people who have like the oh I was abducted by aliens. You know, I don't really believe I that. Was probed. But I do believe that, like, something happened in Roswell, and the government snatched it off. Uh, it's, I, I really, I, I believe in aliens. I think Alien Area 51 is up to some shady shit involving that, but, uh. I saw this one funny meme about, about aliens, and it was, like, an alien talking to, like, a human on Earth, right? And, uh, the alien was like, oh, oh, yeah, Jesus comes to Earth all the time. We give, we give him our best chocolate. It's like, oh, Jesus, we're still waiting for the second coming. It's like, well, what did you guys do when you first came to your planet? And the human's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh, here's a good one. I want to read this one. Well, it's not good. This is sad, but I want to read it. Uh, do you have one, or can I just roll into it? That was mine. Day 51. It's your turn. Oh, that was... My bad. Lame. Uh, North Dakota, White Lady Lane. Uh, The story of White Lady Lane is a tragic one. The legend states that a young woman became pregnant out of wedlock, and her religious parents forced her to marry the father. The baby ended up dying after their wedding. The girl, so upset about her baby... Uh, and her forced marriage hanged herself from the bridge uh, in her wedding dress. Locals claim to still see her ghost hanging from the bridge. Not walking around? That is sad. Okay, so... (laughs) No, it says hanged. Yeah, but it should be hung. No. No, it shouldn't. Should it not? No, it's hanged. Like, if you... Like, when you hang a criminal, like, the, 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 the term for it is he was hanged you know a painting was hung up a person was hanged uh, okay so it's like a it's like a verb yeah pretty much uh i'm i'm just so the thing is though that like she got pregnant and was forced to marry the father like what does that mean did she not like this guy was she i don't know was she was it forced on her what does it mean? What does that mean? Pregnant out of wedlock. Like what? What is that phrase? Wedlock is like someone. Uh, the definition is the state of being married. Oh, out of wedlock, meaning she got pregnant while not being married. Yeah. Uh. And she was forced to marry the father. Yes. Well, she clearly didn't like the forced marriage. I I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to read too deep into it. That's sad. Either way. Um. Oh, ooh, hey, this thing about shamans. We put we play Valheim. We know what those are. Uh, where where is that? Oklahoma. 
Mysterious Shaman's Portal The mysterious occurrence in a Beaver Dunes Park has been attributed with the fact that it was built upon ancient Native American burial grounds, which is why it's called Shaman's Portal. It's also known as Oklahoma Bermuda Triangle. Mysterious things have, been, have happened in the park, starting with the Spanish conquistadors who went missing while searching for gold in the 1500s. Since the paranormal activity seekers flocked to the dunes, some people claim that a UFO crashed there, and a group of 90s, and a, and a group in the 90s who tested the soil said it was abnormal. Ooh, interesting. Another location for the Joe Bro travel documentary. Oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, I. I, I do like the concept of things like the Bermuda Triangle and whatnot, so I'm like, I at the, I don't want to go there, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I gotta find out if this is true, you know, sometimes. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. I think this Pennsylvania one we have talked about before. Pennsylvania? What is it? Just tell me what it is, and then... The bus to nowhere. The bus to nowhere? Yeah, I think we've actually mentioned something like that in the podcast before. Well, okay. No, so, okay, we did a, a creepypasta-like one. Horror stories. We did horror stories. And, uh, they, there was the last route for bus something or other. Yeah. Where, uh, dead people got on the train, basically. Uh, and then, like, two, like... One guy and a stranger, like, they both got off. One of them dragged the other one off, and they're like, the people that got on didn't have any legs. They were floating and whatnot. And then that bus was, like, never, f like, that bus went missing, and then they found it, and there was nobody with it, and bodies were never found or anything. Yeah. So and in the Philadelphia, there's rumored to be a bus that doesn't have an end destination. The story says the bus only picks up passengers that are at their lowest moments who need to get away from their problems. Once the passenger is ready to face the world, they can get off the bus. But the passenger has no idea how long they've been on the bus. It could have been hours, days, or even years. Ooh. That sounds like a weird Silent Hill thing. Yeah. Because in Silent Hill 2, now, people like to exaggerate this a bit. Like, Silent Hill, in the games, the, the universe, is a physical thing. It is not just the mind doing something, uh, but in Silent Hill 2, the concept of it is it is the everything in Silent Hill at that moment is the constructs of the main character's mind of him processing his turmoil and grief and self like hate and whatnot. Uh, and it's it's him working through it in a nightmarish way. Uh, and that kind of that bus thing kind of reminds me of that. You, you like you just you're not ready to face your problems, so you just sit in a timeout until you until you are basically. <laughs> That's a little goofy. Like you're comatose in the uh in the bus or something. Yeah, it's like the purgatory of depression. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have one here. Uh, this one didn't interest me very much at first, just because of the picture, but I I I did a little uh scan of it and now it looks pretty neat uh ohio the werewolf of defiance uh during the summer of 1972 the people of defiance claimed they were being terrorized by a werewolf 
The sightings always happened at night, generally by the train tracks. Uh, a couple of women said it would try to get into their houses by rattling the doorknobs. The animal was said to be huge, hairy, and dressed in rags. You know, like a werewolf, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> but after summer ended, the beast disappeared, never to be heard from again. But the story lingers. That makes me think it's fake. Uh, For sure. I don't believe that it would just wander off, you know? Um, I do like the concept of werewolves, though. I mean, lycanthropy being a disease, technically, and whatnot. Uh, oh, in the picture, it's like some dude in, like, a suit just covered in, like, I don't know, like, pelts uh, and a wolf mask. And it says, this person makes a pretty convincing werewolf, even though he's not covering his hands and whatnot. I would believe it's just some freak dressed up in, like, furs and trying to, I don't know, break into people's houses, I guess, for no reason. And why did only women claim that? <clears throat> uh, don't know. Can't really oh, get the answer on that. a couple of women. Two women. Gotcha. All right. Tamales. We got time for about two more with some good discussion behind them, so... I have one right here. Say it now. Oregon, the bandage man of Cannon Beach. Uh, oh, here's the bus to nowhere one. Interesting. Anyway, uh, Cannon Beach. Uh, the bandage man is the American version of a mummy. He is rumored to be the ghost of a log logger. Or is it lodger? What Two Gs. Oregon. Uh, I think it's Lodger. Uh, Lodger or Lodger, whichever one you choose, who died in a sawmill accident and now terrorizes teenagers who hang out uh, at a deserted area of a highway near Cannon Beach. Stories say that he knocks on car windows to try and get in and uh, smells really, really bad. Nice. Well, I would imagine. I think a mummy would smell quite awful. You know, just because of decomposition and stuff, but whatever. So, I actually have something to ask you instead of reading another one. I want you to tell me, like, everything you can think of at the top of your head, of, like, what clutch songs relate to, like, old urban legends or things like that. Uh, clutch songs? Yeah, because I know some of them have that kind of, like, old urban legend stuff in them, don't they? Well, do they have to be serious? No. Because I can think of one off the top of my head called Which Ghoul Wrangler. Uh, and if you... Have you listened to Ghoul Wrangler? I think I have. Okay, so let me explain it. Ghoul Wrangler, okay, the song is about a guy who's got this family that dabbled in ancient arts of, I guess you could call it monster hunting or ghost hunting. But the at the moment, the, the song, the present day, he's hunting uh, lawyers who are rabid beasts, basically. The lawyers are depicted to be like monsters in the video. It's, it's really funny. Highly recommend it. Ghoul Wrangler by Clutch. Go watch it. Cool song, too. Uh, and that's pretty much what it is. He, like... It's like uh, a, a, the, a spoof on, like, a folk magic and... Uh, ancient techniques of, I don't know, I guess, slaying and banishing lawyers. Uh, it's 
that that's about it. Uh, let's see what other ones. They make a lot of biblical references. Uh, Texan Book of the Dead. That's kind of like a redneck Lovecraftian thing. Um, I don't think there's any more. I I, I don't think I got any more off the top of my head. More the shot though. I'll get back to you on that though. If, like I don't know, maybe I'll remember it for like next episode or something. But uh, either way, I'll I'll let you know that at least. I'll try to let the audience know because I I love you people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you got one or? Um, let's see. The Devil's Footprints in Rhode Island. That's the one I was gonna read. <laughs> there is a rock on Devil's Foot Road that appears to show a normal human footprint and a cloven hoof. The story goes that the Native American woman murdered a white man and fled the scene of a crime. While running, she was stopped by another man. She cried out for the devil to save her, when the man admitted that he himself was the devil, which, and stomped his feet on the ground to prove that he had cloven hoofs, with the, which the rock still shows to this day. Hmm. Neat. Um. Yeah, I don't. I. I didn't really uh dig too deep into that. Interesting. Are they? Wait, are they shaped like a foot? Wait a minute. Well, there's her feet, and then there's like the hoofs. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. There's an image of it. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, well, I got one. Did you read South Dakota? No. Okay. Um, South Dakota, Walking Sam and the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Uh, purportedly over seven feet tall and very slim, Walking Sam is said to appear on the streets of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation at night, and he tries to convince teenagers to take their own lives. Whether or not Walking Sam is real, something tragic is going on at this reservation. From December 2014 to 14th to May 2015, there were 103 suicide attempts at Pine Ridge. That is dark. Um, it's a shame they don't have like a description of them though. Like there are attempts, so clearly people think they saw him at least. Why 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 do I not get to know what Socking Walking Sam looks like? Is he a man? I don't know. Um, Seems a little unfair. Yes. No, okay. You read Tennessee, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, here we go. I I, I just found it. Uh yeah, I don't like that one. I re- I actually really don't like Tennessee's. So that one disturbs me. Um, let's see. You got another one? We got, I say we got, now we have about time for two more. I I misspoke. Um, there was one I saw. I need to find it again. I have Vermont. That, that's the one I kind of want to do. Where, where was it? I don't remember which state it was, but I can find it by the picture. And this is the with it. Virginia Bunny Man. That one sounds weird.
This one, Utah. Okay. The curse of the Escalante Petrified Forest. While it is illegal to take anything from the Escalante Petrified Forest State Park, there is a legend that says that anyone who takes pieces of petrified wood from the park will be cursed with bad luck, sickness, and accidents. Park manager Kendrell Fansworth stated that in 2014 that he gets about a dozen packages every year containing a piece of wood from the park and an apologetic letter detailing the sender's misfortunes. Hmm. Well, I mean... Does that work? <laughs> uh, that's so interesting. What if, what if you throw the piece of petrified wood outside of the park and then pick it up from outside of the park? You're not taking it from the park. You're taking it from outside of the park. Big brain. Shut up. Shut up. Quit trying to life hack the supernatural. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> no. I'm yes. pretty sure whatever spirits are in charge there understand what game you're playing at, Neo. <laughs> well, you think you think the ghosts are a little stupid? You think they're half nuts or something? Yeah, I think they're they're inbreds. You're stupid. Wait, where is that? Is, is Utah? Is Utah famous for incest? I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> all right, one last one. I'm gonna do the Virginia Bunny Man, just because I like how this paragraph started. Uh, Virginia Bunny Man. The Bunny Man's legend starts with what every good urban legend starts with. An insane asylum. Uh, the people of Clifton were so up in arms about the asylum that they were able to get all of the patients transferred. The patients were being moved on a bus that crashed. And the police were able to catch all the patients except one. The Bunny Man. According, that doesn't sound very intimidating. According to the tale, the bunny man lived in the woods and sustained himself on woodland creatures, like bunnies, but eventually he attacked humans. Some people reported being attacked by a man with a hatchet. Other tales say the groups that groups of teens would see a bright light and then would wind up dead and strung over a bridge. Wait. Ooh. Other tales say that groups of teens would see a bright light and then end up dead and strung up on a bridge. Yeah. How, how would how would they know you see a bright light if they're dead? I think they would see a bright light and then one of them would be dead or something like that. I don't think all of them. Uh, that's the only logical way that I would think that. Um, because obviously if a bright light is shining, and they, oh wait a minute, no, hang on, that doesn't mean that they're seeing it. Teens would see a bright. Well, how do they know the teens are seeing a bright light if they're dead? There's no one that, to tell you that. That's what I was saying. Okay, I was going to say, if they were all found strung up dead, it's like, okay, well, that's true. But there's no way to know that they saw a bright light. Y yeah, so my guess is like one of, like, I don't know, someone or other people survived or something. If they survived anything and it wasn't just a cover-up or murder. How about year this um, was? Yeah, it'd be a lot, be very helpful to know what year it was. My, my question is, how is someone who's been living in the woods all their life going to actually know how to produce a bright light that isn't the sun, you know? <laughs> oh, you think he's got an LED on him? He's going to flash it in their eyeballs and then, I don't know, kill 1904. 1904? Oh, old. Well, oh, yeah, that's even harder back then. They didn't have flashlights. I'm sure they had 
flashlights that in 1904. Shut up. It doesn't, Not doesn't matter. No, they had LEDs in early 20th century. On January 10th, 1899, British inventor David Missile obtained U.S. patent number 617,592, assigned it to American Electrical Novelty and Manufacturing Company called The Electric Device. Designed by Missile was powered by a D battery laid in front back paper tube with a light bulb and a rough brass filter at the end. Why do you always got to fact check me? I was fact checking myself. Oh, what year was it? I actually didn't listen to that part. In uh, the first flashlight? Y- yes. 1899. 1899? Ah, so there were flashlights back then. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, interesting. Uh, Well, we're out of time for this episode. Um, Jeez, that was darker than I thought it would be. I was expecting to make a lot more jokes about cryptids. These are actually, like, gruesome. Um, Some of Johnson, them, at least. I, I hope we satisfied your request. Request, yeah. Um, I don't know. I. It's a shame that others... I, I was hoping to find something and read about, like, the Florida Penis Man, which is, like, a recent <laughs> cryptid. Uh, but that doesn't really sound terrifying. Well, no, scratch that. I imagine it would be terrifying to see a big walking wiener try to, I don't know kill you or something i don't know i don't necessarily know exactly how it would do that and i don't want to think about it i'm not going to brainstorm it so uh you got any closing notes you know um hang on. don't you a second. Hmm? what nothing go just what do you mean give you a second what are you doing i i just gotta go into the old memory bank and find some good uh some good closing notes some one-liners yeah some, some good one-liners oh. Well, while you're doing that, uh, the audience would probably really love to know about um, our socials on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, as well as our solo stream pages, Just Phoenix 101 for Neo and Frosty Butcher for myself. There's an underscore in between those two words. Don't forget that. Now is the, um, now is the time where you, where you do the note. All right. Um, this is probably the most important thing that some of you will ever hear in your entire lives Mm -hmm. Uh, buckle up buckle up that's it yes oh i was hoping you'd give us like an ernest hemingway quote (laughs) maybe next time next time anyway uh that is enough and uh again check out our socials check out our solo stream pages and we will see you all in the next episode peace see ya